Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, there are so many days, even like today, that we try our best to do the right thing and distractions happen and then we trade good for the great and you know there are so many times in my life that i am i'm realizing that all these distractions are are good i mean i'm trying my best but I wonder sometimes if I'm giving up something great because I get stuck in the good. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so you're saying that sometimes we get busy doing what we've always been doing, so we're not ready for the new thing that God might be springing up in our life. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, that is absolutely one thing. But then the other thing that I'm thinking about is, uh, for instance... This week, I had my mind and heart set on working again on my book. And I've had that book about halfway done for how long? And, and so I was like, okay, this is the week. This is the week. I'm determined to get it done. I'm going to work on it. And there have been so many things that have popped into my life that weren't even there before. But they're good things. And they're helping people things. And and last night, I'm sitting and I am working on three different people's problems. And my husband looks at me and he says, do you have to fix everything for everybody? <laughs> and, it, and we just started laughing our heads off because... That's kind of how my life rolls. I'm like, well, of course, what their need is is much better and much more important than anything I could have on my list. And so when good trumps the great in my life, I then have to take a step back and go, okay, God, help me understand my role and how I I choose to do the things that I'm doing. Okay, so... Did you tell Dwight when he asked if you had to fix everything for every people that that came along with the Supergirl suit that God gave you? <laughs> yes, I did. I did show him my big, the big, the big S, S on my yeah. T-shirt. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's in the job description. <laughs> well, this explains why I didn't know you were working on your book this week. But this explains why you sent me that meme the other morning on my phone that made me laugh so hard out loud because it said, give someone a book and they'll read for a day, teach someone to write a book, and they'll spend a lifetime mired in paralyzing self-doubt. I knew you would appreciate that. So true. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Oh, and I've been working with writers this week on their novels. And so, um, yes, so true. So true. But what you were saying made me think about my husband, Rick. You know Rick. He is chair of the Department of Communication Studies at the University of North Carolina in Wilmington. And 
Rick is one of these people that is really great at, um, he just has the ability to see to the heart of a problem very quickly um, and to then know, you know, what principle to apply and what needs to be done. That's just one of his superpowers. I can like go round and round and round every little detail of the situation and, you know, spend hours going around that mulberry bush 18 times and then, and not know what to do. And then I can present the situation to him and he just instantly knows none of this matters all of that's irrelevant this is part b right now you just need to focus on this which means do that and i'm like oh so because that's one of his superpowers he's good at it he enjoys doing it and people are always super happy <laughs> to get his input he has a steady stream of knocks on his door mm -hmm. as people come in and present their deal, you know? So um, he's constantly uh, putting out fires or, or solving the problems or, you know, giving needed input. And that feels productive because these are all his, you know, his staff or faculty or students coming to him. But at the end of the day, he's not moved the ball forward on any of his tasks. So same thing. There's big research projects he needs to get to. There's a textbook he's been uh, working on. And uh, same sort of thing where you can get very busy doing lots of stuff and it's good stuff. But then you stop and you go, but hey, wait a minute, I'm... I'm doing all of this day after day, and I'm not getting to any of that. Exactly. Uh, I think Rick and I are a lot alike on that front. And after spending time with you guys last fall, I realized how much we're alike. Maybe that's why you and I get along so well, because we're, we're <laughs> you know, we're enough alike, but we're enough opposite, too, that we, we counterbalance one another. My whole point is, okay... How in the world do we let go of doing some very good things in order that we might let God have his way with us in areas that are going to be great, but we just don't give him that margin in our life? How can we do that? Well, my advice to Rick has consistently been you need to set some time, uh, block out some time on your schedule every week when the door closes and it's not, you know, open for whoever wants to come to you with whatever, you know, that the door closes and the sign on the door says, you know, do not disturb till two o'clock or whatever it is, you know, turn off your email. Like I've had to, I've, I've encouraged him to set aside time that uh, these other influences aren't going to be hanging in. Well, I hear you, and I have even tried that. I mean, you and I have talked about boundary setting. And this week, as a matter of fact, I have this sweet, wonderful couple that I adore. And I have been working with them for quite a while on a very huge project. And it has become the project that never ends, because just as soon as we reach one a milestone, then there's three or four others that they add to the list. And they love it because I have resources and I have, I, I can make decisions and they have a very hard time making decisions. So they lean on me to the point that, you know, I am, uh, 
I am at their beck and call. And so that when it was interfering with life, I had to have a, a, a really serious talk and say, you know, I am going to have to put the uh, not available sign after five o'clock out because I've got to find a stopping point every day. And I think that's what you're saying. You've got to just say, I cannot be available at eight o'clock on Saturday night in the middle of my grandchild's ball game. I just can't. I've got to enjoy the life that God's given me and not just enjoy it, Rachel, but really flourish in the areas that God has called me to. And I personally think that Satan absolutely loves to get us um, to get us stuck in those areas where we feel like, wow, we want to be a good person. <laughs> we want to help other people. And so he just, uh, you know, allows all these different things to come in because if we're doing good, then we can never get to the great that may actually do more than we could ever think or imagine. It's interesting. I'm thinking back over just the last couple of days in my life. Now, I will tell you, I am... uh, I, I used to be one who felt the need to respond every time as soon as someone contacted me with something. In fact, I kind of prided myself a little bit on that, that I was such a quick, you know, I turn it around quick. You would get a response from me. Um, But I got to a stage where you're describing where it just was taking over my life. And um, so I put the brakes on that. and, And now I am one who just because you text me doesn't mean I'm going to reply in the next 15 minutes or the next three hours or even the next 12 hours. Um, or, you know, or email. I, I have learned to put down my phone and close my computer and walk away. And anything that comes in during that time can wait. But that's me on my end. I, I, for me, it can wait. But society, we've all become so accustomed to getting the quick answers that um, like I'm thinking back in the last couple of days, I've had a student who emailed me with something, a request, um, probably around four or five o'clock in the afternoon by noon the next day. Uh, which to me was quitting time. Like this email came in at the end of business day to me. Um, by noon the next day, he was emailing again, wanting to know if I he if I got that email, <laughs> and because I hadn't responded yet. Um, I had a writer that I'm working with who um, I sent some you know edited pages back to them. And they emailed me back about two hours later, which was around 7 p.m. And um, I, again, for me, business day is over. I'm not responding to that tonight. And then when I got up uh, this morning, there was a Facebook private message saying, I'm not sure if you got my email. (laughs) So so I have become, become pretty good at sort of saying these are my off hours and I'm just not going to respond. I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to, you know, and if I happen to be on there and I see a message come up, I'm going to let that wait till tomorrow. But the rest of the world then, I'm getting twice as many <laughs> emails as people are 
they're like, okay, six hours have passed and you haven't responded. Let me, you know, contact you again. Now, one thing that I have started doing uh, that I love, 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 is my husband and I are doing devotions together again. We kind of got away from doing that together. And what that has done for me, we start out the morning like that. We get up about 5.30 and by 6 o'clock we're in into the devotion time together and we talk about it and, and we share and we pray. Because to me, that gives me my sounding board. He is so great at making me laugh about the things that I get pulled into and not get frustrated with it and then helps me say, is that really necessary today? And he'll, he'll make me stop and think about it. So having an accountability person, having that study time in the morning, not only uh, prepares my heart, but it just kind of calms me for the journey of the day. Yeah, well, and I guess what you're what you're also sort of getting at is taking the time at the start of the day to set your intentions for the day, rather than just moving into the day and immediately reacting to the first thing that pings onto your radar. Um, that if you can kind of ground yourself and set your intentions, then you can react to the the things that ping in into your world um, from that space. Um, I also, yeah, I also, I schedule my work on my calendar. So, um, like, I I used to just would keep a to-do list. And what I've been working on a lot over the last uh, probably two years now is once I make my to-do list of the things that need to get done, I schedule them on my calendar um, into blocks of time and crumple up and throw away the to-do list. So now if I don't want to forget something that needs doing, I have to keep my calendar up all day. Um, but that means if my calendar is scheduled for that, uh, for that piece of work at two o'clock and someone calls me up and says, hey, can you do a late lunch? Or, you know, hey, well, will you read this and give me your feedback? I'll say, I have a two o'clock appointment. Um, let me look at my calendar. Uh, I can't do the lunch today. Uh, I could read your pages uh, at four or tomorrow. You know, like I try to treat my to-dos like I would any other appointment on my calendar. If I had an appointment to come talk with you on the radio, I'm going to tell anybody who asks me to do something else at that time that I'm not available. I'm booked. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Here's the root of the problem for me. I look at everyone else's issues as being more important and more critical than mine. And I don't know why or where that comes from, but I don't think I'm alone. I bet there are some girls sitting around this table with us right now who say, wow, you know, my life is is pretty good. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not hungry. I have a roof over my head. I've got, you know, the, everything that I need but these folks are, are in need of something and they need an answer and they need help. And so why would I not drop everything <laughs> and go do it? And so that is my mama heart, I think. 
but it's also my lack of believing that I have value in the things that God has asked me to do. Yes, that is a hard pill to swallow because even when you think, oh, I'm past that, I know that I'm valuable. I know that Rachel has told me for years to inhabit my worth and I'm I'm trying, you know, I'm doing that on a regular basis. But down deep inside, when I see that all these other things have taken precedence over what I know could be great, then it hits me. Wait a minute. Do you really value your time and your space over what everybody else wants from you? You know, there's always a balancing act to be struck between, you know, doing the things that we want or need to do and being open and available to the divine interruptions or divine appointments that we didn't know were coming, but God drops in our lap. So I think that's a good quality that you have for sure about wanting, you know, to help others and to be there for them and make yourself available. Um, But uh, the other half of that balancing act is not just dealing, not just spending your day dealing with everybody else's stuff that comes up, but also doing the things that he's called you to do, the things that um, are on your heart to do. So Um, Some people might struggle at the other end. Some people might struggle with, you know, letting God interrupt their plans um, because he has something unexpected and someone in need. You're just on the other end of that spectrum with having to make sure that you are carving out time to do the things that God has called you to do that don't involve whoever else that just called you with their thing today. You know, I love the fact that God interrupts my day. And I think probably part of my issue is that I've seen some really cool things that have come from allowing him to do that. And so I'm always like one eye on the horizon saying, okay, what do I need to be paying attention to? And and I think that I am easily distracted. So I know that if I start on a project like working on my book, then I am uh, potentially going to be interrupted by something that will not only distract me, but derail me. And so then it's hard for me to just do it, just sit down and do it. So, but I love what you're saying about scheduling. And, and I've done that before, and it does work. But here's what I'll confess. It's, almost, it's easier to react to things that come your way. Like for Rick, it's easier for him to just deal with each person that comes through the door and whatever pops up than to sit down and do the deep level work of working on a research project. And, you know, working on a book is deep level work. It's like, um, I like to work out with a trainer at at the gym at the university. I have this student who's majoring in exercise science. And so I pay her a little bit of money and she gets experience, you know, training a client. And I love that because I get to show up at the gym and just do whatever Marie tells me. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to know, am I working my abs enough or my arms enough or am I varying? I just show up and do what she tells me. I don't 
have to think about it. And so in some sense, when we just react to whatever drops into our lap that day, we're not really having to think about it or, you know, we can just react. And if we're particularly good at the kinds of things that people are bringing us, then that's almost easy and pleasurable. It's much harder to sit down by yourself with an open block of time and a huge task like, I need to write this book, or I need to start my taxes, or um, it's time to clean out the attic. You know, that feels daunting. It seems easier to just respond to this text message I just got. So that's part of it. That is a huge part of it. And get out of my head. I hate that you know those things. (laughs) I will put off those those things like gathering everything for the taxes. Now, Dwight, on the other hand, he keeps a box. He puts everything in it. And I'm always the one that holds us up. Always, 100% every year. I'm the reason that we're waiting (laughs) because I'm like, oh, please, I'd rather have bamboo shoots run under my nails than have to do this. But yes, I know that it's one of those things. And here's the crazy thing. Here is the crazy thing. If I sit and I know that, okay, today is my day to get the tax thing done and I'm going to work on it, if I have closed out everything else and that's the only thing I allow, I kind of enjoy it. Is that weird or what? Well, I, I didn't even know that I liked doing that until I sit there and I am just all over it, putting it in spreadsheets, getting it all color-coded and categorized, and and I'm like, where did that come from? I didn't even know I liked doing that. But you know what? I think the point is that when we allow ourselves that block of time to take care of the great things, the things that need to be done that God is calling us to do that are great, and every single one of us has the tendency, it's not just me and Rick, it's all of us at times, we, we have a tendency to just take care of the immediate, the ringing phone, the, the text, the whatever is nagging us. We have a tendency to take care of it. The, the crying baby, you got to give it a bottle or burp it to make sure that it, it's okay. So we have a tendency to do that and then never get back to the great thing that we were on. So I love, love, love. The two things, I just want to leave us with two things to focus on and to think about this week. One, starting our day with God in a quiet time, scripture, just saying, Lord, you know, when my feet hit the ground, I'm going to just take off and it may not be in the right direction. Will you guide me and make sure that I don't do the things that will only be good but that will be great in your eyes. And then get that accountability person to hold your feet to the fire from that morning time. And then the second thing is make the blocks of time on your calendar to go for the great. Don't settle for just the good. Go for the great. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week when you're going to report in that it was a great week. 
Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time. Rachel, I am so excited about our new website. Oh, it's looking so good. Have you been to it lately? Well, I don't know if our friends sitting around the table have, but I want to encourage you to stop by EncouragementCafe.com. You're going to find so much that is going to make you have the courage you need to encourage others.